Well, good morning, Identity Church. I hope that you guys have had a good week. You know, I I know for me personally, I'm doing a new job, and so uh, I got called this morning. It's been it's been a wild one. We've had everything under the sun go wrong. So you know, this is going to be an awesome message. There's going to be people that's going to be set free. Yeah. Amen. Because the devil's trying to work overtime to get this thing stopped. And he is defeated, amen. You know that I have been, I've been in conversations with people this week at work. I've been in conversations with people outside of work. And, you know, last week, you know, when I was teaching, I, you know, the Lord just kept telling me that we're going to new places, we're going to new places and that he is bringing us to places that, that we've never thought about going before. He's, he's telling us that we're going to go beyond where you've been so far. Do you know that there are opportunities for us to go beyond where we are supposed to be going? And sometimes we're the ones that say no. There's a lot of times in my life where I've had opportunities to say no and you know what? God says, let's rethink that. You know, I've never, you know, I used to be taught that when God calls you that you're, that it's because you were the willing servant. <laughs> that you were the, you were the, the one that was in prayer the most. You were, you were given all these, you know, opportunities because you were doing the good thing. You know what I found out about, and this is what we were talking about a few weeks in righteousness, is that that's not the way it works at all. Because there's nothing good that you can do in order to give God, get God to give you a calling. You are the calling. Man, that, there was very little amens on that. But, you know, the thing that I want you to understand is that God doesn't give up on you and guess what? You may go, well, you know, there's a lot of things that's been in my heart. Some of you have forgotten the things God's put in your heart. And God's going to reimagine them in your life. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Because I think that there's a lot of folks that they go, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe after I have kids. Maybe after I have, you know, I've retired. Well, Maybe I'm just too old. But you know what? There's a lot of maybes in there. But see, God has been trying his best to get your call to come out of you. He's been doing it. He's been talking to you. He's been, he's been trying his best to get you to a place to where your call matters to you. Because it matters to him. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about today because... You know, I've not found too many people that just followed their call in the Bible. How many people know that there's not too many people that just said, Hey, my, you know, God send me and they go and do it. And they were like, Ooh, I'm just so blessed. Praise the Lord. Do you know that that hardly ever happens in the Bible? In fact, the only people that I can think of is Jesus. But even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if it be your will, let's take this cup from me. But neither my will, but your will be done. You know what? Everybody's going to have a moment that they think, Lord, is this really you? There's going to be some other moments that might happen in your life. We're going to talk about a few of those. In fact, we're going to, if y'all are following along at home or you want to, Take out your Bible. I'll have most of the scriptures that I'm going to cover here on the screen for our guests and the people that are online. But we're going to talk about Jonah and we're also going to talk about Paul because those two people, they are the people that they have much different ways of looking at their calling. Much different ways. And we're going to see, especially through Jonah and through Paul, that our calling sometimes gets sideswiped because of some very weird things. In fact, I'm going to start with Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Ametah, and said, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their weakness has come up before me. 
But Jonah arose and fled to Tarshish. This place is near Spain. It's like a Phoenician place. If you go look it up, they don't know exactly where it's at, but they just know that, that the, the things that they found out about Tar, Tarshish is that it's a place that was between Spain and some of the Phoenician islands. And so you got to think about it. Jonah is in the Mediterranean. He's, he's a thousand miles away from this place. And Jonah is being told by the Lord, hey, go talk to the, go talk to the folks in Nineveh. Let them know I'm going to come against them if they don't change. And what does he do? He goes and finds the first boat to the farthest place that he can find. How many people have run from your call? This guy is running from his call, right? And we're going to find out. So, so let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jonah is running from his call? Do you think it's because he's afraid? Do you think it may be that it makes him happy to run from his call? How many people think that Jonah's afraid? Got a lot of hands up. How about, how about that running from his call is making him happy? Anybody? Anybody think? Nobody? Man, y'all are going to be wrong in a minute. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. You're, you're going to be all the way wrong in a minute. Anyway, but Jonah arose and fled to Tarshish. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it, it, it sounded fine to me. From the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa and found a ship going out to Tarshish, and he paid the fare, went down to it to go to them from the presence of the Lord. Now, the Nineveh people basically were the Assyrians. And they built these huge cities. And at this time, when Jonah was there, they did a couple of things that God didn't like. And I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have liked them either. What they would do is they would go in, they would conquer, take stuff away from people. But the worst part about it, the, the part that, that was making God really upset is the fact that, and this even happens in, uh, in other books where God is rebuking them for how they treat people. The Ninevans actually mutilated people to death. We're not talking about, I just shoot somebody, I cut them down, whatever. These people would torture them to death. Okay? They loved it. They thought it was fun. They got their kids out there. It was like going and having a picnic on Sunday afternoon. This is the way they taught their people to live. They would put their heads and arms and all these different things on the walls. It'd be like nailing pictures up, you know, if you liked... Uh, you know, selling ships and stuff. No, they liked mutilated bodies. That's what they would put on the walls. Yuck is right. They would also put skulls on top of st stakes. They would put corpses and, and just stack them as high as you could get them. They would feed them to their dogs. So do you think these people were really good people? The answer is no. These people were pretty bad in fact, one of the things that you find out about the Assyrians and especially the city of Nineveh itself is the fact that it was the capital city. It was where the king of Assyria actually lived. So it was the worst of the worst. It was where everybody wanted to, it's where everybody that was Assyrian wanted to be because they were closest to the king. And the king was cruel and he was mean. In fact, we just jump down to verse 17. It says, so just kind of giving you a little bit of backstory. He gets on the boat. Jonah does. He gets out there and, um, and they get into a big storm. This storm is like rocking the boat. It's, it's sending them into the water. They're about to sink. And all of a sudden, the guys get the, the idea. I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I believe it was the Holy Spirit. You can go back and read it. But the, they knew something was going on. It was God that was causing this. And so they're going around. They're asking people, what'd you do? And Jonah's down there sleeping in the boat. He's got his pillow and he's just all, oh, I'm, I, I am more than happy to leave this place. And they go and wake him up and say, hey, you're the only one that, that we've not talked to. Basically, did you do something against God? And so after a little bit, Jonah said, 
yeah, God told me to go do something, and I said no. So they, for a while, tried to keep him on the boat. Well, they tossed him out of the boat because Jonah actually said, hey, I don't want y'all to die. I'm the one that didn't do what the Lord told me. Throw me out. So they threw him out in the water, and immediately a big fish. Now, how many people, how many people know whales are big, right? It's probably the biggest fish that we've got, right? Well, we actually know of about six times. You can go Google this, okay? Because people go, whales don't swallow people. Well, they do, actually. We actually know of six times. You can go Google it. Where people have actually been swallowed by whales. By blue whales, by great whales, by all these other whales. The humpback whale, they've all been swallowed. Especially in the 1800s when they didn't have all this apparatus and gear on they said some of them got swallowed up for 15, 20 minutes. So people that go, well, that's just stupid. That couldn't happen. It happens. Now, I don't know about three days, but I'm sure, I'm sure that you, know, you won't find that on the Internet. But you will find where people have been swallowed by whales, been in the belly of a whale. So anybody that tells you, well, that's a, that's a fish story, it is not. It's actually a true story. People do get swallowed by whales. And guess what? You go swimming with great white sharks, you're going to get eat too. So <laughs> don't do that. But see, this is the thing that Jonah said, hey, I'm, I'm the one that's done wrong here. It wasn't the people that threw him out. He actually was about to jump. So he goes out there, the whale picks him up, and it says in verse 17, Now the Lord has prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now we go to Jonah chapter 2, verse 7, and it says, When my soul fainted with me, I remembered the Lord. And when I, my prayer went up to you in your holy temple, those who regarded worthless idols forsook their own mercy. But I... I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. So you're in the middle of a well, okay? You've actually said, hey, I'm not going to go and do what you said, God. Do you know that after probably a day or so, you're probably making a lot of different, you know, uh, a lot of different decrees to God. God, if you get me out of the well... I'll go to your temple and I'll, I'll pay whatever alms. I'll do whatever I can. You know that he had already made a vow to God. That's the whole reason why he was being used by God is that it says right here, I will pay what I have vowed. I went and looked this up in the Hebrew. It actually is a past tense thing. He is not vowing to God. He is saying, I will do what I'm supposed to have done. So it says right here in verse 10, it says, So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, that had to be, I mean, how would you like to see a big whale just come up and just blah, throw up a, a man onto the, onto the shore? But see, this is what happened was that the moment that Jonah said, you know what, Lord, I want to do what I said I would do. Then he put him in the right place for the right time to do the right thing. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time and said, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach. Uh, to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. According to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days journey in extent. This was about three days worth of walking. How many people has been to Disney World? Right? Have you got your steps at Disney World? You know, you get like 10, 20,000 steps a day. Well, see, it was about like going to all of the Disney parks. It took about three days for, the, for him to be able to walk around this city. That was how big this place was. And it says here, and it says, Jonah began to enter, in verse 4, it says, Jonah began to enter into the city on the first day's walk. 
This would be like if we were saying, let's go to the castle at the Magic Kingdom, and I'm going to go around and try to talk to everybody that's, that's you know, at all those shops up and down the, the little, you know, line right there. He's having to go into every little place. In verse 5 it says, So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, from the greatest to the least of them. You mean... Jonah just shows up and he just tells what God was saying and then they just believe it? Wait a minute, I'm going to back up here because I thought, I thought Nineveh was a really bad place and that he, you know, he was afraid that he was going to get killed, right? Well, if that was the case, and we'll see here in just a second whether or not that is, but if that was the case, the first place he walked into and he had said, hey, God's going to destroy this in three days. Do you know that, that in most places, even the United States of America, they would kick him out, they put him in jail, they would do whatever they were going to do to him. But do you know that Jonah walked in there and they were ready to receive? Almost as if the Holy Spirit was already dealing with them about their stuff. You know, the Holy Spirit deals with us way before we get the Word of God to come in. You know, it matches up with what we're believing. You know that in every single thing that you do in your life, there are things that God is talking to you and talking to other people. And He's trying to get them and you to get matched up with the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times you'll hear the Word of God read something out of the Word or you'll hear somebody say something and it will just go off on the inside of you. Sort of like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That was one of them that went off and the Lord had been preparing my heart. Well, you know, we have a call and sometimes you're called to be the one that gives that light. I know Pastor Jim McCann III, he was one of them that actually gave me that light. He was the one that said it. It exploded on the inside of me. It's been with me ever since. I have used that to actually build this church, build all, all the things in our life. Heather and I actually go and we believe God based upon the things that he has told us. See, I'm not called. I am the call. See, God didn't go to Jonah's brother or to, to Jonah's best friend or to some guy out here on the street and say, well, Jonah's heading towards Tarshish, you know? Well, I'm just not going to use Jonah. Well, do you know that Jonah was the one that God had called in order to go give that message? This is why it's important for us to do what the Lord says because these people were going to be spared because Jonah went and did what he was supposed to do. You know, if somebody else had been, if God had just, if somebody had heard what God had said, you know, I think this is really important for us to understand because there's a lot of people that they go, well, I want a ministry like the guy down the street. I want a ministry like the person on TV. And they go and they start a ministry and they go do things that they're not called to do because they heard it. But they didn't get called to it. They didn't fulfill the thing that was in their heart. They just said, I'm going to do that too. And they don't typically see good things come out of that. You know why? Because people who are called are the ones that are supposed to answer. And the ones that are supposed to answer are the ones that are supposed to go do. In fact, so much so that all he had to do is go around and cry out, Hey, in 40 days time, this city is going to be destroyed if you don't change your ways. Love God. Do you know that all of that being said, all the people in Nineveh said, I believe. What do I do? That we're going to find out. And it says, well, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that, because I didn't put it in here, but you know that the actual, right after this, the king himself commanded everybody be put in uh, sack and ashes. It means that they were mourning their decisions. 
And so they started changing their ways. And God said, good. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Jonah was happy about this? No. Jonah 4.1 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord, Oh, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? You were going to do this. You were going to save those people. And he said, Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who's relenting from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me because I don't want to do this anymore. I wanted them to die because I thought that they were irreparable. Do you know that in our life, sometimes we don't want to do our call because our call causes us to do things that we may go, I don't want to go do that for those people. How many people say, I like to go talk to people? Anybody? Anybody like to go talk to people? I got one back here. Good night, guys. Okay, I know Vicki, she didn't put her hand up. She goes talk to people all the time. But I'm just going to tell you that there are people who the moment God calls them, they go, I can't go do that. I have to go talk to people. Or I can't go do that because I would have to go somewhere and be with people that I don't know. Do you know that that's a whole lot less than what Jonah had to deal with because these people actually murdered people and, you know, stacked them up like cordwood, right? But the thing that I want you to understand is, is that it doesn't matter why you may say, I don't want to do my call. If we lived back then, we'd probably be okay with going and talking to people, especially if they didn't go kill you, mutilate you, and feed you to the dogs. But this is the thing I want you to understand, is that God himself was telling Jonah to go be a part of this and to go tell them because their heart was prepared. They were ready to hear from him because he had been called to do it. So much so that God sent a fish to go get him and bring him back like an Uber driver. You know, I think I can handle the Uber driver and not the fish, okay? But it says right here in verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? How many people think that if we were having a conversation with God, that God would be bargaining with us? Most people go, no, but God does it with you all the time. There's things in your heart that you're going, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. And God's going, let me give it to you again. Let, let, I, I'm good and I'm merciful and, and I love you. and let, let me give it to you again because I know that if you did this, this would be the greatest blessing that you ever did in your life. You would be so amazed at all the things that are going to happen in your life. In fact, it says here that, that is it right for you to be angry at your call? See, Jonah was the kind of person that was angry at his call because he wanted the Ninevans to die. Kill them, Lord. <laughs> if I can get far enough away, I know you won't send anybody else because it's my call. See, I think that's the problem that we have is that sometimes we, number one, don't understand that the power of our call is to those that are around us and to those that he is calling us to and those that he is trying to get us to. See, Jonah understood that. And Jonah was perfectly fine with not doing his call and letting God just blow him up. Let's see if Sodom and Gomorrah can happen again. Boom! Do you know that your call is trying to get people to do and see what God has for them? In fact, so much so, God actually, while he's over there pouting, he builds this plant. This plant grows over the top of him. He's out of the sun. Jonah's all happy because he's got this plant and he's able to just sulk and just be upset. Well, after like a day and a night, God sends a worm and the worm eats it. And so it dies all the way around him. 
In fact, in verse uh, 9 of Jonah 4, it says, Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? So he was all angry about some stinking plant. And, and he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death is what Jonah said. You know what? If you don't give me back that plant, I may kill myself. This is how serious this was to Jonah. See, we take it as the Bible story where there's a, oh, Jonah got in the well and, you know, and then God used Jonah. And then we stop there. But we have to understand that what God is showing us through this guy, it's not a story. This is actually happening. This happened and Jonah is not wanting to do this because he knows they should die. Do you know that we all deserve death. But see, God Himself is about to show us why He is so merciful and so great. Verse 10, it says, But the Lord said, You have pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I have pity on Nineveh, the great city in which are more than 120,000 people who cannot discern between right and, and their right hand and their left and their livestock. So this is not their livestock like they've got a bunch of livestock. This is, they are like livestock. When you go back and look at the Hebrew. Do you know that in our own sins, when we don't have God... We're, we're just like a herd of livestock. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to eat. If you go out and find any cows or you go find sheep, you go find anything, they will starve to death if they don't move, if they don't go find water, if they don't go find grassy places. You know, God said, I, these people don't understand what they're doing because they're like livestock. You know, sometimes our calling is for us to go and talk to people and to try to help put them back on the path. Do you know that your calling is your calling and when you go and talk to those people, they're going to be ready to receive because they're looking for somebody to tell them where do I eat and where do I drink and how do I go about my life? See, that's the beauty of what God is trying to do because Jonah was the right man for the right purpose and the right reason and he was the call. He was the person that was supposed to go and say the things that God wanted him to say. And when he did, these people rejoiced and they repented and they went about their life and they started believing that God had better for them. Do you know this, my friends and my family, is why... Your call is so important. I've still got some time, so I'm going to go on to, to Paul. And I love this one. This one right here was the one that actually created opportunities in me to say, I need to know where I'm supposed to be and not go follow somebody else. I'm not supposed to go do somebody else's call. I'm supposed to go do my own. This was the one that spoke to me the most. In fact, in Acts chapter 20, verses 22... Paul had been on his missionary journeys and he had been talking to um, all of the, you know, all the cities and, and he'd went out and he preached Jesus. There was churches everywhere. He had been doing a great work. And then Paul decided, you know what? I need to do the exact same thing in Jerusalem. I need to go to my people and I need to go and do the things that, I, that I've been doing out here to the Gentiles. And so Paul decides he knows best. So Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit to not go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit warned him multiple times through multiple people, even sent prophets. And we're going to see this. Acts 20, and it says, Now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, bound by the Spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there. So when it says bound by the Spirit, it didn't mean the Spirit's binding me to go to Jerusalem. It meant that the Spirit's saying, don't go. Stop. And, it's, and it says here, 
Not knowing what I'll encounter there, verse 23, except that in town after town, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are awaiting me. But I count my life as not having value, uh, <clears throat> of having no value to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say that I'm finishing the ministry by going and doing this. He's saying, my course is my course. And I'm also going to do the ministry. Do you know that there are things that you're going to do? And, and I'm going to pull this back to people who say, I don't even care about going and preaching to people. Well, you know what? You need to because your family needs you. Do you know that it would be, it would be an error if... I had told Heather years ago, I'm going to go in the ministry. I'm leaving y'all alone. I'm going to go do the ministry. I'm going to go do all this other stuff. And I'm not going to put it into my family. Do you know that, that God calls you to do things? And he says, I will let you know when you're supposed to do other things. You know, for the first couple of years of my kid's life, we just went to church. I played on praise and worship teams. I mean... Got to do youth with people like Timothy here. It was great. But you know, the thing is, God told me a long time ago through my Aunt Dorinda. Now, I'm going to tell you, Jay, this hit me like a ton of bricks the other night because the Holy Spirit brought it back up to my remembrance that one night she was praying and I come in and I was waiting for you and Chris to come back from somewhere. And this was the Pleasant Grove house. And Dorinda comes in, and we, <laughs> Heather and I, were, were about to get married. And I said, I go walking into Dorinda's house, and she said, she said, the Holy Spirit told me tonight that you're going to be a pastor. And you can go ask Pastor Jim McCann, because after she told me all this, because I said, well, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to react to this? So she says, I don't know, but I just want you to know that that's what the Holy Spirit told me tonight. And so I went to Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim was like, I don't know. Do you feel like you're supposed to go to Bible school? Or do you feel like you're supposed to do any of that kind of stuff? And I said, no. And he goes, well, then put that on a shelf and don't worry about it. Do you know that I, I didn't even, we've had a couple of conversations about this in the past. And it, God's brought this back to my remembrance. But after Jay and I was talking the other day, I was sitting there remembering. And it was like I saw my Aunt Dorinda's face and exactly what she said and how she said it. And it was, it was as if I was right there. And the Holy Spirit says, you don't need to give that up because there was people putting into you. They were called to speak into your life. They were called to do these things for you. You didn't know it, but 20 years had gone by. And then... I was going to put you in your place. But you needed to know about your call. You know, sometimes we need to know about our call and then we need to go prepare for it. Well, you know what? I prepared my family. And I prepared my life. And I went and did the things that God was calling me to do then. And then I went and did my call. Do you know that if God had said, had had, if God had told me that then, and then I turned right around and said, well, you know what? I guess I'm not supposed to do technology, and I, I guess we're just supposed to go straight into the ministry, and, and we're supposed to do all these different things. Do you know that I wouldn't have been able to have provided for my family the way that I've been doing? It wasn't the right time. Do you know that our call, has a time effect on it as well. There are things that you're going to, that God's telling you to do that it's not time for you to do, but he just wants you to know it. And see, Paul was never called to the Jews. Never, ever, ever. In fact, on the, you know, when Jesus struck him down, you know, on the road to Tarsus, he, he, he basically said, you're going to go to the Jews. I mean, you're not going to go to the Jews, you're going to go to the Gentiles. You know, there was never, ever, ever a time where Paul was called to go to Jerusalem and preach. 
In fact, he never does. In fact, Acts, uh, Acts 21, 4, and it says, So he decided he was going to go to Jerusalem. It says, So we found some disciples and stayed there seven days. Through the Spirit, they told Paul, Don't go to Jerusalem. Now, he'd had the Holy Spirit tell him this. He'd had all these different things happen. And now he's got other believers that are now going and calling him and saying, Hey, let's listen, let's not do this. And in Acts 21.10 it says, While we were still staying there many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and he took us and took Paul's belt and tied it on his feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit is saying. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the Gentiles' hands. Now, I want you to understand something. The word of God just came through and said, Okay, you're not going to listen to me. You're still going to do what my call is for you. See, this was a word from God that he was prophesying to Paul to let him know, guess what's about to happen? You're going to keep messing around and we're going to get you to the Gentiles anyway. You ain't going to like it though. Verse 12 says, When we heard this, both the local people begged him, Do not go to Jerusalem. And Paul replied, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready to not only be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Did Paul listen to Agabus at all? No. Did Paul listen to the Holy Spirit at all? No. Paul said, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm dying. That's all, he, that's all he knew. The reason why I bring this up and the reason why this is so important is because you need to understand that you will become so fixated on your own stuff and on your own self if you don't listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do that you will drive yourself to death. It, it will happen. I mean, if the Lord told me to shut all this down and go do something else, I'm going to go do that because it's going to be easier. Right now, all the bills are being paid. People, people are coming in and out. We're helping people. We've got a uh, healing school. So I know that I shout it out. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, this is the funny thing. I had a guy uh, that works for me ask me the other day about Highlands. Oh, didn't Highlands open up down the road? And he was asking me about Highlands, and I said, yeah, it's a nice, big, beautiful building. It's got all the different stuff around it. And he was like, well, how hard is it with Highlands to be a pastor? And I said, it can be kind of hard because they got all the resources and all the power and they got the money to be able to go build all the different things that need to happen. So I got none of that. I mean, how many three-room circuses do I turn into this, right? I'm not handing coffee out in the back. We don't have like a big coffee bar or any of that kind of stuff. My praise and worship team is very talented, but we're, we don't have 25 people on stage. And I just told him, I said, I'm not worried about Highlands. Highlands is going to get the people who need to go to Highlands. I said, but the people that need to come to my church are the people who are not going to go to Highlands. Or at least, you know, I know Betty maybe goes to 8 o'clock service and then she comes over here. But this is the thing I want you to understand is that I'm not in competition with the Highlands. We're the same family. See, I don't need to be called to go fight Highlands because I will lose. I almost say it again. I will lose in a fight against my own family. But see, Highlands is not for everybody. Highlands cannot do the things that we're doing. It can't do when we cast the devil out of the girl. No one's getting the devils cast out of them at Highlands. They're too big. They don't have enough time to deal with people. They don't have enough time. I've been to their services. They, they barely have enough time to actually do the service. Now, they have small groups and all that, and that's fine. But we have our own place. They don't believe in a lot of the stuff that we believe. That's okay. 
We need to be the people here to help the people that we need to help. See, I want you to understand something. I bring this up not because I'm trying to... I, I'm glad. I mean, they they haven't caused me one problem trying to get here in the morning. Okay? We came through this morning. They are full parking lot. They're doing their thing. I drove straight through. It was no big deal. All these people were all upset that Highlands was coming in. One night, teens of... You know, crazy house. Well, it hasn't been a problem. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. We're going to do what we're supposed to be doing. And I say that because there are people out there that go, why don't you just go and do what other people do? Just, hey, guys, next Sunday, we're just going to go to Highlands. Well, you know what? If somebody said, hey, you know what? The new Highlands opened up. I want to go over there. If the Lord's calling you to do that, I'm, I'm not going to stop you. But what I want you to understand is that we're not against each other. If you're Baptist, if you're Methodist, if you're Presbyterian, Pentecostal, whatever, we're all in the same family. And your call and my call and everybody else's call needs to be fulfilled. We don't need to relegate that to the big church down the road. We need to do the thing that God's calling us to do. There's some people in here that you've got some great calls in your life. Great calls. Some of you have forgotten your calls. Guess what? Paul had forgotten his call. He'd forgotten that God did not call him to the Jews, that he didn't call him to Jerusalem. He forgot it. And so God said, hey, you know what? We're going to get you back on your call. Back Acts chapter 22, 17, it says, Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem, and I was praying in the temple that I had made, I was in a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste. This is, the, this is an angel. It says, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive the testimony concerning me. I'm sorry, this is Jesus. So I said, Lord... They know that in every synagogue I've imprisoned and, and, and beat those who believed in you. And when your blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing there by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Now I want you to understand something. If you, if you are heading towards your Jerusalem, oh, I, I want to do exactly what God is, you know, I know God's going to call me to great things. You know, I found that years ago, everybody wanted to be full-time in the ministry. That, that was the thing. When I, all of my friends, when we were going to church, I don't know if y'all remember, but you would have all the young people who said, I want to be in the ministry. My goal is to be full-time in the ministry. Well, you know what? I'm full-time in the ministry. Every time I go to the Southern Company, there's people I talk to every single day. I'm full-time in the ministry because Heather and I, we're raising kids. I've got, I've got a daughter and a son-in-law and a son, and, and i got family members, and we're, we're just blessing folks all the time. You know what's going to be awesome is I'm going to bless everybody's socks off tomorrow. I've got some chorizo, and I've got some <laughs> Italian sausage, and, and i got, I mean, whoo! Hallelujah! We're going to get some sausage and some hamburgers and stuff like that on. It's going to be a blessing. But do you know that, that this is the thing that we need to understand is that our call is not to be on TV. Some of your calls may be. I don't know. Your call may not even to be standing on stage talking to anybody. But you need to understand that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are called. In fact, Romans 8.28 says, Talking about being in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and doing the things that God has called, in Romans 8, well, Romans 8.28 says that I will work all things together for the good of those who love me and are called according to their purpose. I'm going to say it again. They were called according to their purpose. So he's going to work it out to where 
The purpose is going to come back to you over and over and over again. Tim, you are called. Jeff, you are called. Betty, you are called. Every one of you are called to a purpose. There's things that you're supposed to be doing. God is calling you. You may have said, oh, I don't know if I should be doing that. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, God's been talking to you the whole time about going and doing it. In fact, I want you to understand is that every since you have been born, God had you in mind for your purpose. And I'm closing with this. Matt, if you want to come on up. There are many reasons why we don't follow what God is talking to us. Sometimes it's like Jonah. And we didn't like our call. (laughs) We didn't want to go and talk to those people. We wanted God to go and kill them. There's been plenty of people that God has told me he wanted me to go talk to and plant a seed. And I was Lord, well, that one could go to hell. That was supposed to be a joke, by the way, but my whole point behind this is that there's going to be times for us to be able to take our call and our anointing and we plant a seed in somebody. You may not see it right then. See, Jonah got a really awesome seed planting. He got the seed in the harvest all at the same time. You know that there's people that I could tell you about that I worked with years ago that God told me to go talk to them and they ridiculed me and I planted a seed and 20 years later they came back to me and said, you know, that day that you came and talked to me that we went to lunch and I told you that I didn't know if there was a God. I didn't know anything about God. And guess what? It's just kept coming up to me. Your voice kept coming up to me. What you said about that God loves me and that he has a plan for me and that he wants me to be in his family. I've got one person that's in my mind right now that they told me this about seven years ago. And guess what? Their family's in church every single Sunday. They've accepted Christ. Do you know that my call was nothing more than eating lunch and just telling them about the love of God? And you know what? There was a point where they didn't want to hear it and I I, I quit talking to them about it because, you know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. We need to be a gentleman too. But do you know that in every circumstance, they always came back to me and said, I don't understand this and I don't understand this. And it's fine to say, I don't understand too. But maybe I can find out for you. So your call is to not have all the answers. Your call is to not be the the miracle worker every single time. But your call is to be the one that stands in the gap and just prays for them. The one that goes and plants the seed for them. The one that goes and waters the seed that's been planted by somebody else. You don't know where you're at in this chain, but you're the one that's going to help make their day that day. And then you may or may not, and thank God, God is so merciful to me because he let me know about some of this. It was was a faith builder to say that I just didn't spend my time. That I just didn't waste it. But he showed me that there are things that you do in your life every single day that you're called to that sometimes you're like, I don't want to talk to that person. Why do they keep talking to me? It's because you're called. It's because you're called. Paul loved his own people so much that he was willing to die. But you know what's so funny about this is that after Paul was sent off and he, he was imprisoned. In fact, in 2 Timothy, he's actually in a, a home prison waiting for Nero and Nero's going to kill him but he's waiting there and he's writing to all these churches and it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 it says but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me 
not halfway because I wanted to go somewhere else. But he showed me, he strengthened me, he, he taught me. And he said, you know what? You have a purpose and it's fully being preached through me. His call is being fulfilled. And it says being preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might You know that these are the kind of things that we need to that we need to understand is that when we say yes, we may not want to do it, but the moment we say yes and the moment that when we get our life turned back towards our purpose and our call, that all of a sudden we're being we're being those messengers, we're being the people that is being preached fully through us. You have what it takes to do the things God is calling you to. He doesn't, he doesn't take away. He adds to when there's things that you're supposed to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I just pray over each and every person that is here. I just thank you, Father, that they need to know that Holy Spirit don't let up on them. Show them, Father, that they are called and they are equipped to do the things that you have shown them. Bring to their remembrance the things that they have seen in the past and that they knew that they were supposed to do because now you are calling them. Now you are showing them. Now you are bringing them to a place. And that, Father, that they are going to go talk to the people they're supposed to talk to. They're going to go do the things they're supposed to do. They're going to go be with the people that they're supposed to be with. They're going to go and reconcile their family back together. They're going to go and find the people who have stepped away. They're going to be like Jesus and find the, the one out of the 99. They're going to create uh, opportunities by the Holy Spirit for, for people to be reconciled back together. That mothers and daughters and uh, husbands and wives and, and fathers and sons, they're all going to come back. Father, I just pray over each and every person that, that if, if they don't know what their call is, Father, bring to their remembrance the things that you've taught them. Holy Spirit, show them. I thank you, Father, that this week they're going to know and that they're going to have a direction. And that they're going to see what they're, where they're supposed to go. Father, I just pray over each and every person that's listening to me that you're blessing them, that you're bringing them to a place of peace, understanding, and hope that leads to faith. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be down front if anybody needs prayer for anything. If not, you guys have a great week. You're dismissed.